0: Unlocking Your World of Creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Mark introduces you to some of the world's leading creative talent from publishing, film, music, restaurants, medical research, and more. You'll discover how to tap into your most original thinking, how to organize your ideas, and most of all, how to make the connections and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking Your World of Creativity.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And you know, you work out for your body. You work out for your health and fitness. But what about working out for your leadership fitness? My guest today is Heath Ellenberger. Heath, welcome to the program.
2: Hey, thanks so much for having me.
1: Are you the fittest leader you could be? Well, we're going to talk to Heath about his new book, The 10-Minute Leadership Principles. So, Heath, let's talk about this fitness background of yours. You're an operational partner and, and franchisee with Orange Theory. There's must be creative and challenging times for you in the gym business.
2: Uh, yeah. Hey, you know what? We've we never thought. I think in any sector of business, this would ever happen. But yeah, I, our sector has been hit just like restaurants and bars and whatnot. We've all had our individual special challenges, but you know, it has offered the outlet for us to be more creative with business in general. So I think. As challenging as it has been, it's also been a great growth and learning process as well. And and again, provided plenty of creative outlets (laughs) for us.
1: Well, I think all the businesses these days, I mean, no matter what industry, you think you're in a special situation. But when you really look around, what could we learn if we benchmarked, so to speak, your business in the fitness world? What is a lesson learned that you think we could apply? You said we did a lot of creative moves, creative pivots. What do you think we could learn from your industry?
2: So I think for us, the fitness industry has been expanding for many years now. It was big box gym and muscle beach and gold's gym. And then you had the Valley total fitnesses and then boutique fitness was created. And now you have these different type of small to large group training facilities, spin studios and this and that, then virtual fitness started to slowly form. And then obviously COVID really ramped up and accelerated that virtual market. So a lot of the the players in our industry that were brick and mortar were like, shoot, we probably need to start thinking about a virtual option. You know, you had some of these really far thinking foresight people being like virtual fitness is going to be a thing in, in the future. So I think a lot of it is just being aware of the trends and always knowing that you need to be innovating nonstop as opposed to being like, yep, we're doing so good. Things are comfortable. It's kind of forced us to be like, you know what? I can be content, but not complacent. And that's what really the, the last year and, or so has taught me is let's be happy with what we have, but let's not settle for here. Let's continue to be innovative. Let's continue to create new ideas and pathways for us to continue to be successful. And the other thing is, is readjusting how we look at success and what does success actually look like now versus 10 years ago, five years ago, five months ago.
1: Very strong content, but not complacent. I like it. Good call to action. Well, let's turn the page to your book now, 10 minute leadership. And I love the subtitle raw, real and relatable. Yeah. All of those are challenges for leaders sometimes, but the theme of this almost picks up on what we've been talking about uh, with health and fitness that you really need to give your leadership a pumping up too, don't you? Yeah.
2: I I love that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I think just like your body leadership is also a muscle that you need to exercise and you need to grow and you need to nurture as much as your body as well. And and again, if you're not studying and practicing and and learning new techniques and being mentored as much as you're mentoring others, it it will also atrophy just like your muscles. So I think that, that, yeah, leadership is absolutely a muscle you need to exercise regularly.
1: Now, you really also touch on this idea of giving your leadership CPR, If it's, uh, if it's feeling low and dead, I love these three points, challenge, perform, and repetition. What is it about your leadership that you have to challenge on a regular basis?
2: I think you have to challenge your thinking and your approach to situations or to people. And if you're not challenging your leadership, it's kind of like when you go to the gym and you don't challenge your muscles, you know, because in leadership, you grow to a certain point but then you hit a ceiling there. It's kind of like the law of the lid from John Maxwell is there's always a a lid. So when you go work out your biceps or your chest, if you're always using 25 pounds, eventually that muscle stops adapting and stops growing because the stress has stopped, the body's acclimated to that weight. Same thing with your leadership is you're like, hey, I read two leadership books, I'm good to go. Yep, until a bigger problem comes your way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't in the book.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. heads up, folks. All the ideas are not already published in the books.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, COVID.
1: (laughs) That's right. I don't remember that being in good to great. (laughs) Absolutely. Did I read this correctly? That you have actually included some of your Sunday night emails, you called them. Yeah, these messages you used to send to your own team. Uh, inspired someone in this book too. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah. So that's that's really the whole book is 52 different weekly emails that I would send out to the team about different things that I would see happening real time that I would be like, hey, this is the problem that I saw. You might not be dealing with it now, but it's probably going to happen if I'm seeing it as a trend across the board. So it was always something that weekly I would send out to managers, head coaches, other owners. When I worked for corporate now that's changed to where it's our groups, managers and leadership team. So, I mean, I still send them out. I, I sent one out this past week. So I still keep up with it because I think again, leadership is fluid. And so there's always going to be issues and initiatives that you're trying as a leader to, to foster and, and grow and mature or, or solve. And those change, weekly. Those are things that, you know, I want to make sure that our team's always getting enough resources that they can one solve or help initiate in their studio. Because in our business, our studio managers are essentially the business owner and they, they run the business and we want to be able to empower them with the tools and resources they need to be the best leader they can.
1: And I guess this is why I was asking because a lot of business books talk about the conceptual approach to management or leadership. But when you talk about raw and real, these were real messages in real time going out every Sunday night.
2: Yeah. You know, the funny thing is people that know me that have bought the book and read it, they're like, we do we can hear you through the pages of this book because it's you speaking. It's and again, when we say raw, like this is my heart speaking a lot of times through the pages. And so it's really funny, like that that's been said on multiple occasions from like people that don't know each other. So that was a goal of mine was to hope people could really feel the raw emotion coming across. And I think that that was achieved. So I was, I was super happy with, with some of that feedback.
1: Mm -hmm. And in a role like yours, you also, I guess, are trying to build, motivate, uh, stimulate, and mentor up and coming leaders. That may be rank and file now, but certainly have management leadership potential. What do you want to convey to those young leaders?
2: Yeah, I think right now in our organization, Fridays are usually are like a leadership development day. So people young in management or maybe looking to get into management, it's open to the whole company. Anybody wants to come and learn that's a day that they can do that. Uh, I hosted an, an Elevate event last week. It's just basically people looking to say like, what are next steps for me? what do I need to do? At least kind of understanding what those steps in the process are. And I think a lot of times people get frustrated because maybe promotions don't seem attainable because there's either a bottleneck in a business that people might think that there is, but maybe they don't know all the other options or maybe what they need to do to promote and to progress. So I think it's being very transparent and laying out those steps for them to say like, Hey, look, you might not see this because you're not able to see the full picture because you're in the picture, not outside the frame. So it's being able to pull them out of the frame for a minute and show them the bigger picture. And so I think that's the important part of like getting across to people in the organization is like, hey, look, I understand this is where you want to be. You're here now, but what are the steps that you need to do in your time to step up and, and elevate? And uh, Mark, everybody nowadays wants to be promoted because they show up to work on time. What? Uh, <laughs> <you> what?
1: <know? laughs> That's not enough. Eat. Right.
2: <laughs> so, you know, it's like, hey, let's do that five days in a row and then we'll talk. <laughs> there you go.
1: Well, and this is your first book. So, I also wanted to talk a little about your creative process. First of all, I guess the motivation that you had to say, hey, I think I'll collect these things. I've got a message, I've got a story to share. What compelled you to put this book together?
2: Oh, man. That's a great question. It, this book wasn't supposed to be the book, to be honest. I, you know, during shutdown, I had a lot of time to think. Obviously, I told my wife one day we were taking a walk. And I was like, "I'm gonna write a book," and she's like, "Okay." And then she just like ignored it because uh, I have like crazy ideas all the <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah,
1: this isn't your first idea.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> so we got back to the hotel we were staying at, and I just started typing, and I was pretty deep into like in my mind, a pretty good concept. And then we reopened and then things got pushed. But I had on my heart, there there was something stirring in me. And I was like, you need to do a book. I was writing my, one of my Sunday night emails and it was like, this is it. This is what I need to put out. So I went back through all of the emails I sent over the last couple of years. And I started to extract different emails that I felt would be relative to 2020 and on. And most of them were some that I was writing basically from May of last year through January of this past year so a lot of them are super relevant to current times and there's a, there's a few like oldies and goodies in there that I have done in the past that were that were really good feedback ones but um that was that was the thing is is like I just had this this stirring on my heart that I was like I need I want to get a message out that I can help one person maybe get their team inspired or inspire them to become a better leader or just take a risk somewhere. And that was really what the purpose of the book was is like, Hey, I'm not going to be a New York times bestseller. That's okay. But if I can help one two, ten 10 people, it's worth it.
1: That's terrific. And what about the process of trying to put all these together? And ultimately you say, Hey, I think I've got it. And you got to hit the send button to the publisher.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That was a new process. I've never done it before. And so I worked with a great uh, self-publishing company. Zulon Press is the guys who I teamed up with to make the book happen. You know, I had all the, the emails ready to go. And, and I called the guy, the sales guy. I'm like, Hey, we're ready to rock and roll. And he's like, okay, this is what we need. So I sent the manuscript over, which I didn't know that we even what it was called. And so I sent it over and they're like, did a review of the first 10 pages and they sent me back like their suggestions on editing and whatnot. So I was like, Oh wow, this we're in the process now. Like this is, this, <laughs> this is, is real happening.
1: when you start getting <laughs> edits. This is
2: I'm like, oh, I'm back in second grade all over again. I'm going to yes. have to do it over. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, so, so the whole process of refining and refining, and it really felt, you know, if I can compare it to like an artist where you're, you know, you're refining your painting or your sculpture and it's like, you're you're taking little pieces where you're like that was good but we can refine it even better and we can make it a little bit better but there's some point where you have to kind of step back and be like okay we could sit here and get super nitpicky and there were things that I was like last minute trying to change and my wife was like don't do that because the things that you're trying to get across are no longer real raw and relatable because if you're changing it now you're moving away from what was at the core of that message because you're trying to make it sound better or, mm-hmm. or you know, or, or refined. And I was like, you're right. It doesn't need to be refined. It needs to be real. So I got a little caught up in that process because, you know, I was being encouraged to make sentences look better and stuff. And I was like, you know what, let's just leave it, leave some of it as is. And, you know, if, obviously if it's not legible, we have to change it. Right. But, um, but, you know, I you think know,
1: maybe uh, that point's worth underscoring for the listeners here who are kind of going through their own creative process. That you don't want to over edit so much that you lose the voice, right? This was your voice. It were your emails.
2: Yes. No, that's, that's such a great, great message is somebody looking out that doesn't know you or the reason you wrote that or whatever was happening. They're only seeing it from a grammar perspective. They're not seeing it from the gravity of the message that you wanted to get across. So true. And
1: now uh, the book is published. You've been marketing it. You've been out on the road, so to speak, doing your podcasts and interviews. How are you enjoying that?
2: Oh, man. You know, I didn't know what to expect. I literally had no expectations. So I think that's a good thing because I'm the kind of person who can get super disappointed really quickly because I'm like the most competitive person ever. And so I'm like, oh, I want to sell a thousand copies day one. And I pushed all that aside and was like, you know what? this is not my core business. My core business is to still impact people in a positive way in our business. So I did a little promotion of it uh, because I wanted to get the word out that the book was coming. I've done a few podcasts, really have enjoyed this process of launching a book and kind of, you know, getting out there as as far as an author goes. I love this part of it. I wish I could do more, but just because of the obstacles we're facing as, as a business right now, I haven't been able to do as much as I would have liked to just because of being pulled, you know, a hundred different directions. Really enjoyed the podcasting and and the marketing of the book. And I've done a couple of speaking events. Uh, I just did one for a college soccer team. The coach bought the book, brought me in and wanted me to speak to the team. So that's been super fun.
1: Excellent. Well, folks, the website is 10, the number 10, minuteleadership.com. Check it out. It's all about Heath and all about the book. And you'll learn a lot just on the website, but be sure to pick up a copy of the book. So Heath, I also wanted to talk to you as a you know operational franchise leader for Orange Theory. I wanted to talk about the effect or the impact of good fitness on the creative process. You know, what is it about getting the body moving and pumping that really helps people think more creatively?
2: One, I think it has to do with the, just the chemical release that happens from working out. And, you know, there's so many different benefits to working out, you know, I, we could sit here and list off you know, 10, but I think from a creative perspective, just the endorphins that get released give you more energy. It makes you a little bit more clear in the heads. So you're not so foggy. You know, for me, there'll be days when I'll go and work out. I don't put music on. I might throw a podcast in my ears and I'll listen to a podcast while I'm working out. So I'm kind of killing two birds of one. stone. I'm killing my physical and I'm killing that mental part as well. And I think that's where sometimes, you know, people are like, Oh, I don't have time to do all those things. It's like, you know, What if you could combine two of them together? And that's kind of for me, is like that I will do sometimes. And usually I try to do it like twice a week. I might not get all of the points in the podcast because I'm I'm kind of into the workout, but I get enough that I can walk away being like, okay, I feel great for my workout. I'm super mentally stimulated as well. And then I'm also better prepared for my team because I've also enhanced myself as a leader. And so I'm actually going to be better for my team that day because I'm. Physically ready to go and I'm mentally charged up as well. Mm-hmm. So I think the creative process, you know, really starts with having a clear focused brain and being able to just be sharp. And I think exercise is one of the best ways to get your brain just stimulated with the different chemical releases that happen. And just again, being able to have that energy boost from exercise in itself. Uh, dude, I'll tell you a funny story real quick. I had a lady, this is, uh, this is my ADD brain. Okay. But I had this lady come in it was her first time working out. And she came up to me at and she's like, oh my gosh, I feel amazing. What's happening? Like, this is awesome. And I'm like, well, that's the endorphin release. Like so I said, you know, when you're done working out, you get that rush. And she's like, am I always going to feel this way? And I was like, well, your body kind of gets used to it. And she's like, because this is amazing. I'm going to so, need
1: more of this.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the, the best drug ever. <laughs> exactly.
1: Well, you know, you also get, I'd love to get some insight into the you know, sort of fitness customer For a second, we'll put our marketing hats on for a second. How much of that me time? You know, you talked about I'm going to work out, but I'm going to listen to a podcast. I'm not really going to be interacting. There there could be 25 other people standing around me, but I'm really not talking to them. I want this time for me. How important is that to the customers? Give us a little insight in that.
2: So in the Orange Theory world, you know, we're a group training facility. So when you come in, you're going to work out with, a group of people and that class will be dependent on the time of day and and whatnot. So you're gonna listen to the coach and you're gonna have music in the background and everything that you're working out to. I always tell people this, there's 168 hours in a week. If you can give me three, I can help you, number one, feel better, have more energy and potentially get back where you wanna be. And it only takes at least three hours a week, minimum. Now, if you wanna come four or five, that's bonus. You know, but it is so important to be able to scale your week out and say, okay, out of 168, I think I have three hours that I can dedicate to not only yourself, but think about the accumulative effect down the road. If you're doing that for six, 12, 18 months, three hours a week, four hours a week, what's that accumulative effect have not only on you, but your people around you, your job, the performance just across the board um, with your kids? So it, it, it really affects everything uh in your life if if you can really kind of look at it holistically like that the best part about what we do also is we talk about me time uh come in and turn your brain off and let us tell you what to do like that's what i love most about being able to go into one of our studios now and work so out. so
1: interesting yes
2: is i turn my brain off and just react it's, I don't have to stimulate myself. I'm just listening and, and reacting. So that's also nice sometimes to just kind of disconnect for an hour. <laughs> that's,
1: a, that's a great point. And then this group effect, you're still getting the energy and you know, really deriving some motivation about being in the group, aren't
2: you? Oh, you know, we see it all the time is, you know, you'll be on a treadmill next to somebody and we'll say, Hey guys, we're going to this next push pace. And you'll look the person next to you and they're going 7.1 and you go 7.2, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> there's That's always right. this subliminal kind of, you're, you're challenging or competing with the person next to you, but in a friendly, you know, in a friendly way where it's not a, a winner loser, but you're being pushed as much as the person next to you, just being next to them, which is, one of the disadvantages to virtual fitness, even though some of those companies have done a really good job trying to tie in community and, and competition, but you just miss that, inner, that personal interaction, which is, is, I think it's a basic human need is to be around people. Maybe for people like you and I, maybe more extroverts, we kind of crave that. But um, I think people still want to be around people and especially in a fitness setting where no one really likes to go suffer alone. But if you can do it in a group, it's always a little bit better because now you're all experiencing the same thing together. And the the group environment is still such a good, uh, not only motivator, but it's also one of those things that you're going to find somebody in class. You're like, you know what? That person's just like me. If they can do it, there's no reason I can't do it.
1: Good point. Oh well, Heath, what a great conversation! I can't help but think also, you know, part of our podcast is when we say making the connections to launch our work in the world. What new creative inspiration or connections are you looking for these days? As you think about going to the next stage, maybe somebody listening may say, "I have a resource you might be interested in." But yeah, you know, what books are you reading? What resources are you out looking for?
2: Oh, okay, this is that's a great question. So, one this past January. I knew this this year was going to present some new challenges for me with the book launching and with the with the businesses being in a new state. So I was like, you know what, I need to refigure who's sitting at my table. You always talk about the top five people you talk to. So I expanded that table a little bit and I brought some new people up that I haven't talked to that are kind of out of my comfort level when it talks to like the level that they're at. So I brought some people up to kind of challenge me in that way, and we talk on a regular basis, you know, weekly. I'm reading a lot more books about the brain. So right now I'm reading a book called The On Switch by Caroline Leaf. I'm reading a book called Thoughts and Feelings. I'm not an emotional person, but uh, I feel like connecting with a certain generation, you have to understand thoughts and feelings of different people to be able to connect with them. And so as a leader, you have to kind of understand how they're thinking. Maybe the words you're using don't connect well with how they're, they're receiving it. I'm reading a book right now called The Serving Leader. And then things that are challenging me are like resources I'm looking for. I'm always looking for more mentors in the way of either business or leadership or people that are just going to challenge me in a creative way. Uh, The Working Genius. I don't know if you've heard the Working Genius Assessment, which I'm a Mm -hmm. huge fan of. I found out that I'm a inventor and a galvanizer. So I'm I'm the the, the white, uh, an empty whiteboard, Mark, is like my utopia. I love (laughs) an empty whiteboard because I'm the first person to stand up and start writing something down when there's a problem. And so I'm always looking for somebody to challenge me creatively in that way. But most importantly, I'm just looking to continue myself growth so I can then pour into others. So I'm trying to keep my cup full so it can continue to spill over. I never I never want to go into a drought.
1: Wonderful, fantastic. Well, Heath, what a pleasure
2: talking to you today. Dude, I, I appreciate you having me, man. This has been great.
1: And folks, check out Heath's book, 10-Minute Leadership, Raw, Real and relatable. It's available on Amazon. You can also check out his website, 10minuteleadership.com. And Heath is a operational partner and leader with the Orange Theory Fitness company. So
2: Heath, all the best. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And man, this is such a helpful podcast for so many people. So continue doing what you're doing and great guests, bringing them on and you're doing a fantastic job. Well,
1: I try to leverage what you were saying. If the five people I spend the most time with can be on this podcast or I can share the five people with somebody else, then we're all going to grow, aren't
2: we? Absolutely, man. I love that.
1: All right. Thanks a lot. Heath, Ellenberger has been our guest. Come back again for our next episode. We'll continue our around the world journey. We want to talk to more creative practitioners. And if you know somebody you think we ought to be talking to, be sure to drop me a note. I'm Mark Stinson. We've been unlocking your world of creativity. We'll see you next time.
0: Unlocking your world of creativity with bestselling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by PSP Media, creators of IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and The ThePeaceroom.love. We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get the book, A World of Creativity, for a special price of $5.98 for paperback. And the Kindle version is only 99 cents. Go to mark-stinson.com to take advantage of this special offer. Our podcast is supported by Adobe and the Adobe Creative Cloud, the world's best creative app and services so you can make almost anything you can imagine wherever you're inspired we use adobe to help make this podcast using audition premiere rush indesign and more so join the creative community with the adobe creative cloud and let's make something better unlocking your world of creativity